Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Hey guys, Rob here at A Better Way to Farm, and today we're going to talk about side dressing. Can we have an honest discussion about side dressing? I'm going to post a couple of pictures that a friend of mine sent from out in Nebraska. This was prompted by a lot of things. It was by the pictures the friend sent. It was prompted by uh, a lot of you having interest in calling and saying, what should I be doing in my side dress? Tell me what I ought to do. Well, part of the situation there is, I, you know, if you call me and I don't have your soul test and I don't have a tissue test, guys, I'm just going darts at a board. Then I realize that the industry basically has made a living just telling everybody to do it the same old way and to do a lot of it and to do it again and again and again. So a lot of people, when they side dress, what they're side dressing is just nitrogen. It is true, you know, you know that we like a, a multiple pass nitrogen system. In a perfect world, we'd probably do 10 gallon of weed and feed. We'd probably put some down two by two with a coulter a little bit. Then we'd come back in with wide drops uh, pretty quick, like somewhere knee high, and we'd wide drop it one more time. Now that doesn't work for everybody and we get that. Some people have a lot of just point rows. And so they smash more corn than it's worth. They got to look at some alternatives. And so they got to say, what are we going to do here? Maybe they got to go, you know, strip it in before they plant, put it all on up front and put our guardian stabilizer with it to hang on to it. Some people try and figure out other ways to do things. I really do like the 10 gallon weeding feed. I think there's a lot of advantages to that that we'll go into on another video or another podcast. But uh, I like that if, if you don't have two by two capabilities and that's off the table. We do know based on the studies, side dressing is better than just broadcast, even if we're using a rolling culture in the middle of the row. But we also know based on tests, I'm not a 360 dealer. I don't have a dog in the fight. But guys, more nitrogen gets into that plant when you wide drop than it does when you side dress. And we can have, if you'd like to have a discussion about that, feel free to give me a call. I know this, I was the hardest person in the world to convince of that. I argued and argued that, you know, hey, here's the deal. I know that when I put nitrogen on it, mass flows. And I just assumed that if this was the middle of the row and out here was 15 inches over, that the nitrogen basically went at kind of a, like a really sharp angle straight to the roots. The reality, it's a very narrow triangle and it goes deep before it goes wide and the roots actually have to come to the nitrogen and the nitrogen doesn't go to the roots. That's why the wide drop works. And that was based on thousands of dollars worth of soil tests after banding, after going out and side dressing and punching holes every seven and a half inches to see how much in was there. And the fact is it goes deep. It doesn't go sideways near as fast. So that's why we like the wide drop concept idea and system. Now, talking about what it is should I be putting on? Well, number one, probably 90 plus percent of America needs sulfur. And guys, I'm gonna digress for just a second. We've been talking putting on sulfur with nitrogen for 25 years, okay? And this year, the industry has come around, and if they see anything yellow in these first 60 growing days, they're going, hey, you need some sulfur. Hey, you need some sulfur. Why? Because sales are down, 
margins are down, and they're trying to figure out how to get you to do something else. I have looked at multiple, and I mean several, different pictures of plants that were had yellow in them, but they had intervenal striping. When we have yellow intervenal striping, that's not sulfur deficiency. That's either manganese or magnesium. And 90, about 90% of the time, it's magnesium that you're short on. You can put sulfur on when the cows come home, and you'll probably get a yield response because you probably are sulfur deficient. But the yellow intervenal chlorosis, the striping, that's coming from a micronutrient deficiency or a secondary nutrient deficiency. So I just want you to be in, I want to encourage you guys that throwing darts at a board or just hope, hope is not a method. That's a terrible idea. Oh, let's just try this. I hate that phrase. When your salesman says, why don't you try this? What he's saying is, I need a little more commission. You should buy this product and who knows, it might work. Let's try this as a big red flag. What it says is, fire me. Fire me because I'm not sure and I'm giving you advice that spends your money. Not a good idea, guys. Look for those red flags in those relationships, okay? So, what I'd like to see, a soil test. What I'd like to see, a tissue test. In the absence of that, guys, we know that in nature, there's a ratio. There'll be 100 parts carbon in the soil, 10 parts nitrogen, and one part sulfur. And if that gets out of whack, your soil is gonna balance itself before the plants get anything. The plants eat at the second table. At the second table. In other words, the soil is going to eat at the first table. And what you're going to have to do is figure out how to get that balance right so the plant gets something to eat. It's kind of like back in the day when the king gathered everybody around and they served the king first and he passed the food down the table. And everybody took what they wanted. And some poor peasant at the other end, he just got whatever was left over. And if the bowl got there and it was empty, he didn't get anything. That's your corn plant. The king and the knights... They're, they're the soil. They're going to eat first. It's going to eat first. Your corn plant, it's a peasant. It's at the other end. It doesn't get to eat till everybody else has got what they want. And so we have to get that correct. So why do I say that? Because we should be applying 28 or 32 and about one gallon of thiosol, ammonium thiosulfate, 12026 for every gallon of 32. Because if we don't get that correct, we really hurt ourselves. That being said, if you see yellow intervenal striping, please call me and let's talk about how you can fix that. Now, another thing that should probably be in that side dress is again, I'm throwing darts at a board, but I know that 95% of America is boron deficient. And I just finished up a meeting this week and different people were talking about different borons and you know, there's always some guy out there that'll sell you something cheaper. You know, I mean, the bottom line is there are, there are car brands that are really cheap that aren't around anymore. Uh, you know, you used to be able to buy an AMC Pacer for very little money, but you notice that being the cheapest didn't work out for them, okay? And there are people out there who've got some really cheap boron, but we have guys who run tests every year and we appreciate them. One of my friends in Minnesota last year, he ran a test with different kinds of boron. And guess what? Our boron, the complex boron that we offer will result in a higher boron in the tissue test than any other boron out there every time. So if you want to go buy cheap, that's fine. Just remember good and cheap aren't brothers. They're not even cousins. All right. If you're buying results, because I don't think that what you want is cheap boron. I think what you want is a good yield. And so based on that, I look at my friend Matt from 
up in north central Iowa. He ran, he did boron just by itself and multiple tests at over 12 bushels to the acre because he put on the right amount of boron. And we know that our boron gets into the plant. We know that a plant doesn't translocate boron. So why, that's why boron should be a part of the side dress. Boron, a little bit, should go on with the weed and feed. A little bit should go on the two by two. Some should go on with the first side dress. If you do a second side dress, there should be some more go on. Because that's what it's gonna to take to get optimum yield. We're not talking big money here. We're not investing a fortune. We're talking a little bitty investment. So what should I side dress? Nitrogen, sulfur, boron, the three products that are negatively charged that will run away and have to be replenished every year. And now let me get into the real meat of this live. I got a picture yesterday from some good friends of mine in Nebraska. And it's a picture where the local dealer convinced them that the best way to side dress was to spin on urea. And guys, I know that people do it. I know that people get away with it. Folks, <laughs> you'll probably get away with it. That's another phrase that says, fire me. Okay, you're looking for those red flags in a relationship and you'll probably get away with it is a really bad blend. Because what happens when you spread that urea, you spin that urea on and it rains a half of a tenth? Well, the pictures that I put up here are gonna show you what happens. What happens? You burn the crap out of your corn. You burn the edges of the leaf really bad and you burn all of them. We got a close up showing the plant We've got it close, or I got it far away showing the entire field, and we're going to post those here. Because here's what I know. Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does happen, it's going to cost you yield. And my real concern is, and I don't know about this, I'm anxious to say what happened down in the world. We got just enough moisture to activate the urea, but not enough to wash it off. And I'm going to suggest that probably some of that ran down in the world. I'm going to send them out here if I can get them to go out and pull some whirls out and see what that looks like and see what kind of problems we have there. Guys, this is a big deal. I told you good and cheap, they ain't brothers. Good and easy, they're not brothers either. You know, oh, it's easy. You just shoot down through there with the spinner and you blow and go a bunch of your rion and you feel good because you've done something. And then you take a look at this picture and you're literally sick at your stomach. It makes me sick in my stomach for them because I know that this costs them money and I hate that. Because in this day and age, we can't make mistakes. I mean, we're going to, but we need to find new and exciting mistakes to make, not old dumb ones. And we know that spinning on urea can result in this. Now, I know that some people are gonna take argue with it. They're gonna say, I've done it a lot of times. I've always gotten away with it. That's okay. You can play Russian roulette. You'll get away with that five times out of six probably not a good idea. You can spin on your rim, you may get away with it nine times out of 10, but that 10th one's gonna cost you some serious cash. And I'm just really reluctant to do anything that gambles your money on something that I know there's a better way to do it. Guys, there really is a better way to farm. It's about taking all the deals. I would love to have one silver bullet product that I could bring you and it jump your yield 100 bushel or even 50 bushel, but there's no such thing out there. We're going to get to 300 bushel averages and 350 bushel averages because we do all the little things correctly, all of them. 
Whatever tillage we need to use in our soil, we're going to do that. We're going to handle our residue appropriately. We're going to continue to do the things that help our soil life, our soil health to be better. We're going to stop doing the things that make it worse. We're going to use seed emergency aid. We're going to use the right surfactants. We're going to use the correct chemicals in the minimum amount, just what it takes to kill the weeds, but nothing else, because that does stress our plants. We're going to do all the things correctly, all of them, every time. And you say, well, you don't understand. I got a lot of acres I got to get across. I don't have the time to do it right. Or I don't have the time to do it right right now. My grandfather used to say, I'd say, I don't have time for that. And grandpa would say, look at me and say, Rod, if you don't have the time to do it right the first time, when will you have the time to do it right the second time? The answer is, I got it. I don't, I, I can't do that. Some of us might, I just want to suggest that we might make more money if we reduce our acres just a little bit and took the and got rid of the worst ones and kept the best ones, and we did the things right on those best acres, and we increased our margin per acre by a lot. Just think about that as you're out side dressing or mowing hay or whatever it is that you're doing when you're listening to this. But guys, this one's about side dressing. What do I need to put in it? Nitrogen, sulfur, boron. I'm very reluctant with the rolling culvert to put in manganese or zinc or magnesium because I don't think I don't think anyone can come up with data to show that that zinc will move, or that manganese will move, or that magnesium will move. It's going to stay right there in that pan. You got it there for next year. And if you happen to get lucky and plant on top of it, fantastic. I don't think that's a good way to spend your money. If you need zinc, manganese, magnesium, copper, guys, copper is a huge disease preventer. If you're short on copper, please address that. But put those micronutrients in with a gallon or two of our fertilizer and go fully or feed it. That'll get those right into the plant. So I just wanted to have this kind of candid conversation. I want you to look at these pictures, okay? This isn't me just railing on something that I don't like. This is me sharing with you a train wreck that happened. And so then the third phrase that comes up that is a red flag. So we've got three of these today, okay? We've got three red flag phrases. You ought to try, maybe you should try some of this. I think you'll probably get away with it. And the third one, the gold medal winner, it'll grow out of it. Another phrase that says, fire me. I made a mistake. I screwed up your crop. I cut your yield. I cost you money. But you're going to feel better because it's not going to look that ugly all year long. The damage is done. We gave up 10 bushel, 20 bushel, 30 bushel of the acre. But it'll grow out. At least it'll be pretty in about a month. This will grow out of it. This crop will not look like this in 30 days. I know that. The question is, how much did we set it back? And there's no way to know because there's not a check string. You know? If it did say it'll grow out of it, it is probably another red flag. Guys, I am passionate about this. When you see these pictures, I hope that you can understand why. Not for me. I don't sell nitrogen, period. So what am I going to do? I'm going to send you to get 28 or 32 that's really high quality and ammonium thiosulfate. There's no money in that for me. The money in it is for you. And I want to make sure you're doing the right thing so you can make the money. I'd love to put our boron in with that. That'd be fantastic. That would help you. So that's what we want to look at. Now, we don't have a side dress, so to speak. I do have a nitrogen that you can utilize late. Somewhere around brown silk, a lot of guys put on fungicide. And they do it with an airplane. 
And the best way to do that is with a product that I have called Feast XL. It's a 26% nitrogen, zero, zero, and then it has one half of a percent of, guess what, boron. Why? Because you want to tack on some test weight. You want to make that kernel get bigger. So 2600.5B. And if you're interested in doing some of that, let me just say this. There's some other competitors on the, on the market. What do they use? They use a formaldehyde-based product. So if you'd like to embalm your corn, I highly recommend you use formaldehyde. The concept behind formaldehyde is it burns its way into the leaf, so it goes into the plant. Our deal, we use a triazone nitrogen. It's a very slow release, and it literally lays on that plant leaf, and it does not burn, and it lays there until it soaks in. If you're interested in that product, please give us a call. We would love to talk to you. 641-919-1206. Give us a message, give us a text, whatever you want to do. Send us a message here on the Facebook page. Hey, and by the way, guys, uh, Kayla and I are looking for one more person. It's got to be the right person, but we're looking for the right person who would like to join the team and develop a serious non-farm income working predominantly between Thanksgiving at the end of March. I know that it's, there's never a dead season on the farm, but there's a little bit of a slower season typically. And that during that slower season is when we do that. But we need to get started now so we can be geared up and get ready to go. If you know someone who might be interested in that or you would, again, reach out to us. 641-919-1206. We love talking to people. I appreciate we've had, I don't know how many different growers join the team in the last 30 days, upwards of 20 because they know there's a better way and they're looking for it. So hey, if you're looking for a better way to farm, give us a call. I hope you're having a better day. Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.